1: Out, now. Uh. No doubt, now. Uh. Monday morning, November 4th, 2019, Check the Beer in the now. Book podcast with Gil Alexander, guessing lines for week 10. Wow, week 10 in the National Football League. Chris Andrews on deck to get it going, my Mishbucha from the South Point Hotel Casino Sportsbook, the director of said sportsbook, that is. And today, not only the weekly exercise of trying to find value in the upcoming weekend's lines in the NFL, but storytime classic. In tribute to the Breeders' Cup, which just uh, passed us by this past weekend, a storytime classic included today on the Beating the Book podcast. Enjoy.
3: It's a numbers game with your host, Gil Alexander. Do you want those idiots who believe in
2: analytics? It is a numbers game Monday morning, right here at Visa, the Vegas Stats and Information Network. Series XM, channel 204, Visa.com, the Visa app. It's all about guessing lines today for week 10 in the National Football League, the weekly exercise that has served us well this year. Uh, And as always, we bring in a gentleman who I believe has a story time in store today. Uh, He is in town. He is uh, somewhere here close by, not in studio with us today, but he is the star of the show. He is the South Point Hotel Casino Sportsbook Director. He is my mishpocha, Chrissy Andrews. Good morning, Chris.
0: What's going on, pal? Yeah, we've got a little story time in honor of uh, the Breeders' Cup uh, that was over the weekend. A little horse racing story.
2: All right. You know what that means, Chris. Then we got to get through everything real uh, real quick. Lickety split. Well,
0: we... Yeah. Gotta... we... Yeah, you know, we got a bunch of uh, of teams that are off this week too, so oh. I think it'll be a little tighter schedule. So okay, you
2: know. all right. Well, how'd you do this weekend? Let's start there.
0: Saturday. Well, let's go back to Thursday. Thursday's result was very good for us. Uh, Niners one, but not covered. A lot of guys on teasers probably didn't cover their teasers either. Uh, Saturday, not so good. We got beat up a little bit, mostly by the public. You know, the wise guys. We did pretty good against. Uh, but the public kind of got to us on Saturday, but uh, yesterday we made up for it. Uh, you know, bookmakers love to cry. Eh, there's no crying yesterday. We we did pretty good. You did pretty
2: good. Um, I, yeah. yeah, no one's crying for you. We we we've established that many times. Uh, so story time coming up. Tribute to the Breeders' Cup this past weekend. By the way, how'd you do at the Breeders' Cup? Did you win anything?
0: Uh, you know, I had a couple winners and a couple small exactas, but overall, lots of money. Not nothing major. You know, but uh, I did not finish on the plus side.
2: Yeah, I was. I I played some of the horses uh, that were on the show on Friday. Didn't it didn't go particularly
0: well the ones that I. <laughs> yeah, not really. Yeah, but I had dinner with Vinny last night. He had Dino Rosso in the in oh, the nice. uh, classic. All right, you know so. And uh, That's what you bet those Italian horses, I guess. <laughs> you know, so, uh, <laughs> that's what you um, do. Unfortunately, I didn't follow them in that one.
2: All right. Well, the NFL yesterday, and we will review everything from yesterday. If you're just landing on the show right now, tribute to the old Stardust uh, radio show uh, of guessing lines, and uh, this is really it's sort of a review of what everything that happened in the NFL yesterday. While we try to find value in next week's upcoming line. so let us begin. Therefore, with Thursday night.
0: We have the Chargers at the Raiders, and let me just say,
2: this was this. We, I was just talking with Mitch and Paulie about this. This was such a strange day in the National Football League. And since you bring up the Chargers yeah. first, let's just start there because that might have been the most most unpredictable of all the outcomes. Not not that the Chargers beat the Packers, but that they beat them so soundly, twenty six to eleven. Uh, they not only cover as four point or four and a half point dogs, but they win outright in that game. Do the Chargers? So the Chargers are four and five. Uh, they fired your boy Ken Wisenhunt last week, uh, Chris. <laughs> when yeah. I say your boy, I say it sarcastically. Well, oh, I've been beating
0: him up for like the whole. How long we've been doing this show? however long it's been, I've been beating up Ken Wisenhunt. So what yeah. was
2: what was his first crime against you as a Steeler uh, coordinator? What was the first time that you uh, you,
0: you were know, not famous? You know, of his? I don't know. I, I, you know, even when he got to the Super Bowl as the coach of the uh, of the of the Cardinals, I, I, you know, I thought like the team carried him. Really, it wasn't him so much as the team that carried him. And I, you know, in all honesty, they probably should have beat the Steelers in that Super Bowl. And uh, but you know, if you remember back, they when they got to the playoffs, people said it was the worst playoff team in history. Now all of a sudden, you got Kurt Warner at quarterback and Larry Fitzgerald. at wide receiver and a couple other guys who really like just excelled for a couple weeks, got him to the Super Bowl, should have won that game probably against the Steelers, but didn't. But I mean, I think just he's been one of those guys that just does not utilize his talent properly. And I think he's been given talent over the years, but just has has never really uh, you know, built it the way he should, you know. So anyway, it's just I don't want to pretend like I'm any kind of expert in football. I'm not. But I I know what I see, and I see a guy that just has not done what he should have done with the talent around
2: him. Well, if one game uh, by the Chargers yesterday is any indication, they didn't miss him. Uh, Shane yeah. Steichen, I hope I'm mistaken. I'm, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Jacob, who's in for uh, Jeff Parlay this morning, will let me know how that's pronounced. But he's the new OC uh, after Wizenhut was fired on Monday. And uh, listen, the Chargers held the ball against the Packers for 36 minutes, nearly 36 minutes. They averaged 6.5 yards per play. They didn't have a three and out on any of their nine possessions. Actually, eight, nine was the end of the game, run out the clock. Only had to punt, uh, punt once. The running game for the Chargers, which had been held under 40 yards in four straight games, had a season high 159 yards. Melvin Gordon, 20 for 82 touchdowns. Austin Eckler, 12 for 70. Uh, Michael Badgley kicked four field goals his first game back from injury. Philip Rivers, 21 of 28 for 294. Mike Williams with the first 100-yard receiving day in his three-year career. Three catches for 111. That's kind of surprising. That was the first 100-yard day for Mike Williams. And then... Okay, even if you anticipated, well, maybe they'll get a bump offensively. Maybe, you know, this team is always capable of doing well offensively. It was the defense that was the real shocker. Chargers pressured Aaron Rodgers all day. Minimal blitzing. They sacked him three times. Joey Bosa had one and a half. Melvin Ingram, one and a half. Bosa, by the way, five and a half sacks in his past three games. Uh, Yes, again, on offense, Chargers gained 250 yards in the first half and a pair of scoring drives that started inside their 10. Meanwhile, the defense gave up only 50 yards um, in the half, the first time since 2011 they had allowed that few in the first half of any game. It was only the third time under Rodgers, first since 2013 that the Packers have had 50 yards or fewer in the first half. Uh, Matt Lafleur, quote, "Really, when you look at it at the half, we were pretty fortunate to only be down nine to nothing." We'll get into more of the Packers woes when we get to them, but that's essentially the Chargers' just utter domination yesterday. Uh, they're at Oakland here. This is a sneaky good Thursday night game now. Oakland yeah. is four and four, Chris. Let me just raise my hand. I thought they'd be terrible with this schedule. And uh, their defense isn't very good. But offensively, they get it done. So so tip of the cap to John Gruden. Uh, Derek Carr, 9-yard touchdown pass to Hunter Renfro with 204 left. Then Carl Joseph breaks up a fourth down pass in the end zone with 3 seconds left to preserve a Raiders 31-24 win over the Lions yesterday. Their first game back in Oakland since week 2. They had traveled over 20,000 miles Four road games, neutral site since then. Carr, 20 of 31, 289, two touchdowns, no picks and a sack. Jacobs on the ground, 28 of 120, two touchdowns. They were 7 of 13 on third downs. Again, with a lot of penalties, though, 10 for 96. We'll have to clean that up. But first time since the merger that the Raiders got four touchdowns from rookies in a single game. Renfro, Jacobs twice, Foster Moreau. All of that said, uh, a game, dare I say, with midseason playoff implications, I'll say Oakland minus one and a half.
0: Uh, you know, I see it anywhere from pick uh, Actually, I see one spot even has the Chargers one, but mostly pick to the Raiders one and a half. I'll tell you what, I think this is a really good game. And uh, as I was looking at my numbers, I wasn't sure what to make this. Uh, I think the Raiders should be a very, very slight favorite. I'm going to open the game one myself. Uh, but, uh, you know, listen to some of the pundits this morning. Uh, the Chargers have two safeties coming off the injured list that should be able to play this weekend or this Thursday. And I think that's uh that's a team that is suddenly getting healthier and uh, I would be very careful betting against the chargers. But that being said, I was very impressed with Oakland yesterday. And, you know, I've knocked the hell out of Derek Carr all, you know, since he's been a rookie and, uh, you know, he was very impressive yesterday. I'm looking at QBRs. He might have had the highest QBR of anybody uh, yesterday. I think Jimmy. And where's my notes here? Jimmy Garoppolo might have had a better one. Of course, that was being played on Thursday. But Derek Carr, I thought, really was. Uh, yeah, actually, uh, Carr actually had a little bit better QBR than uh, than Garoppolo. But uh, he was very, very good. I thought the team looked good. Defense probably needs a little help. But you know what? Stafford is just a very good quarterback. And they gained 400 yards. uh, The the Lions did. But... uh, you know, Oakland kept them out of the end zone when they needed to. And I think this is a really, really good game. But I'm going to open the the Raiders one. I think they deserve to be a very slight favorite in this game.
2: Okay. Uh, by the way, we don't want to tell people. Uh, don't want to give the impression that Derwin James will be back Thursday. He will not. He underwent uh, successful surgery to repair a stress fracture in his foot. If you recall, back on August 22nd, his that the typical time frame for that is three to four months. So end of November is when they're scheduled to uh, get him back. But you're right. They're getting a whole bunch of guys back, and he's probably the headliner of all that, though, the, though not this Thursday uh, for Derwin mm-hmm. James, at least that's the word right now. Let's do a Sunday game, Chris.
0: Sunday, we have the Chiefs and the Titans.
2: Chiefs and Titans. Uh, so I guess this comes down to is Patrick Mahomes playing or not, right? That's the first thing
0: here. Uh, but the Chiefs. Well, get, yeah, go ahead. I, I, excuse me. I get see by the numbers that are out there. Not everybody has numbers on this game, but I get see by the numbers that are out there. The assumption is right now that he will be playing. That he will be playing. Okay. Yes.
2: Uh, Chiefs beat the Vikings yesterday, 26 to 23. Uh, I just keep, uh, let me, can I just say this? The Vikings should be so much better than they are. Like, you know how people say yeah. like the sum of the parts or what is it? The, the whole is greater than the, sum of, the par, uh, sum of its parts. This is the opposite to me with the Vikings. The sum yeah. of its parts are greater than the whole. Uh, Chiefs win it yesterday again, 26 to 23. They do so as five-and-a-half point home dogs. Good for them. Matt Moore, 25 of 35 for 275. Touchdown, no picks. He was sacked five times. Uh, but Damian Williams, 12 for 125. Huge uh, touchdown run in that game. Tyreek, Six for 140 through the air, six catches, 140 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, they did it again without him, the reigning league MVP who missed his second straight game while recovering from a dislocated kneecap. But if you are to believe what Chrissy just said, he will be back for this one uh, at Tennessee. By the way, Harrison Butker, career best, tying 54-yard field goal to tie the game, then a 44-yarder to win it yesterday, snapping the Chiefs' three-game losing streak at Arrowhead. Don't hear that very often. So, um, and it should be noted also with the Chiefs yesterday, because I think this this gets lost. In addition to not having Mahomes, who who justifiably gets the headlines, they didn't have their left tackle, Eric Fisher, groin injury. They didn't have their right guard, uh, Laurent Duvernay-Tardif, ankle. They didn't have Kendall Fuller in the secondary. They didn't have defensive ends, Frank Clark or Alex Okafor. So they, they were playing really shorthanded, the Chiefs, yesterday. Still got it done. And then there's Tennessee. Uh, this is probably this is one of the few things I ended up getting right yesterday. Carolina beating Tennessee and covering in the process. Tennessee lost to Carolina thirty to twenty uh, as three and a half point dogs. Ryan Tannehill twenty seven of thirty nine three thirty one one touchdown two picks sacked four times uh, four carries for thirty eight yards and a touchdown from him. But they had eleven penalties. Did the Titans for ninety nine yards and they just can't get the field goal kicker thing right. You remember that game where Cairo Santos missed four yesterday. Ryan Suckup, He was added to the roster. He missed three from 43, 56, and 44. Uh, So that's not good. So Kansas City at Tennessee, assuming Mahomes, I'll say Kansas City minus
0: 10. Whoa. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. Kansas City at Tennessee, uh, you're way high. Three and a half. So with Mahomes, just three and a half? Well, that's, you know, like I said, I'm looking at this, and, uh, yeah, I mean they have them listed as questionable, but you know everything I've seen and heard indicates that they expect him to play. Now, you know, um, mm. you know I, I I think you're way high here. You know, I got to tell you, if that's uh, if that's I'm Mahomes and that's three and a half, yeah, I'll take that every day. Yeah. Well, you you might be right, but you know, yeah, I, uh, I'm not sure I'm going to go as far as you with that. Maybe not, but, uh, you know, yeah, this is a, I think Kansas city has shown to be a very good team. but let me say this about Andy Reid and the guy as a head coach makes a million strategic errors, but as a quarterback coach, he can get a lot out of a quarterback. Now, like I said, we talk about more came in from a homes, you know, this is not just some rookie that all of a sudden is way better than we ever thought, but Andy Reid coached him up pretty good. You know he's really gotten good production out of Moore in the couple weeks that he's played. You know he had a very good game against the Vikings, and if, you know win or lose, he played well. Uh, I think you're 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 way high, but I think that right now I'm going to be very careful with this game. Probably open four because I think if Mahomes comes back, you know they are going to pound this team pretty good. But uh, you know, just uh, be careful with these favorites. You know, is what I would say. You know, so I'm gonna open four, but I think they're way high on this
2: one. I'm way high, but I'll tell you what. So even if I did the thing where, okay, let's say it was Matt Moore. All right, so it was Matt Moore at Tennessee. Um, Is Tennessee favored by a field goal in that game? I don't think they should be.
0: You
2: know, so even if that's a pick, then I'm still high, right? But it should be like six or seven. Like I'm, I'm surprised that's only three with Mahomes.
0: Yeah, so you're saying if this game was at Kansas City, it should, then it would be like you know, so my 10 or something
2: yeah, like that. Yeah, no, no. So let's establish that my 10 is too high. But let's say if it's if it's okay. Matt Moore in Kansas City at Tennessee, is Tennessee yeah. favored by like what would you think that would be like? So even I would say it would be around a pick 'em, and so then it should probably be like Kansas City minus six or Kansas City you know minus six and a half, whatever it is. So I'm high, but three is way low to me. Three and a half? What did you three say? Three and
0: a half. It's three and a half. Yeah. Three and a half. Yeah. It's weight loaded. Um, yeah. I, you know, I, listen, I see your point. You're making some very valid points on this, but, uh, you know, again, I'd be very careful with, you know, laying points on the road. Like I said, I'm not a big systems guy, you know, uh, matter of fact, scoff at most of them, but one I've watched over the years and it comes to fruition at a pretty alarming rate. Um, uh, probably like about 68%, something like that. And I'm, that's just off the top of my head. When you go from a home dog to a road favorite, you usually want to play that—that that, uh, yeah, play against that team. And uh, listen, I fell into the trap yesterday. I had Minnesota in all my contests. I just thought, <laughs> So did that. You know, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I fell into that trap. And I could see early on, if I, w- I could have won, God knows I could have won, but it would have been a miracle. And I didn't have the right sign. But uh, I, I would just be very careful here. I think that, uh, like I said, you go from a home dog to a road favorite. I would uh, tread very lightly.
2: All right, I want to I want to mulligan on that, but I'll still say Kansas City might minus seven and a half. The point still remains. Uh, I'm way okay. higher on that uh, than uh, than what is
0: being posted out there. All right, we'll do more of these. Well, hang on. We always say one thing. You don't want to th- think parallel to the bookmaker. That's you want right. To think perpendicular to the bookmaker. That's right. So you certainly did that. Lord you knows. You did that, my
2: friend. Lord knows, Chris, I've been doing that all year. It has served us pretty well, though. Uh, we'll come back. We'll okay. do more Guessing Lines Week 9. There is a story, Week 10, rather. There is a story time coming up as well on the show today. Uh tribute to... Uh, The Breeders' Cup this weekend, so a horse racing, a classic story time from Chrissy. It's all brought to you by the BetMGM app. First-time players can make their first bet there completely risk-free, up to $500. And the same guys that bring you Atlantic City's premier hotel and casino, Borgata, will be with you all season long with a wide variety of betting options and easy deposit withdrawal methods. Just download the app. Use bonus code VSIN500 at sign-up to get your $500 risk-free bet. That's bonus code VSIN500 to place your first BetMGM wager risk-free. You could sign up anywhere, but you've got to be in the state of New Jersey to place a bet. Bet MGM, it's how you play the game. Download the app today. Got to be 21 or older. New Jersey only. Restrictions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. It's the Bet MGM app. VCN 500. Guessing Lines. Week 10. Coming back right here on the Numbers Game at v
3: Welcome back to a Numbers Game with Gil Alexander.
2: Guessing Lines. Week 10 in the National Football League is what we do. Try to uncover some value. Uh, interesting Kansas City Chiefs line, I would say, at uh, Tennessee. Either way. Let us continue because we do have a story time coming up from Chrissy. What's next, Chris?
0: Buffalo at Cleveland,
2: Buffalo at Cleveland. Uh, it's funny. You mentioned the Cleveland Browns because I'm seeing right here, uh, Jermaine Whitehead waved, yeah. <laughs> waved this morning by the Cleveland Browns, uh, safety. Jermaine Whitehead waved just hours after he posted, uh, profanity laced and threatening comments on social media, media following Sunday's loss at Denver. So that's the end of that. Um, as far as this game is concerned, so um, what is it again? Cleveland, where is the where is the game again? Buffalo at Cleveland. Buffalo at Cleveland. So six and two Buffalo, two and six Cleveland. Jeez. Uh, yesterday, in the Redskins, law, or the Bills win over the Redskins. Josh Allen, 14 of 20, 160, one touchdown, no picks, was sacked two times. Devin Singletary was the real offensive star for the Bills yesterday. 20 carries for 95 yards, touchdown, three catches for 45 yards. Uh, The Bills held the Skins to 2 of 11 on third down. No real surprise there. Dwayne Haskins not doing much. Buffalo off to its best start since going 7-1 in 1993. Um, Although their six wins have come against teams that entered yesterday with a combined 7-31 record. So let's not go crazy. Second half, though, they got things together yesterday. After Washington played with them for a half, AP was doing big things. They limited the skins to 78 yards of offense and a field goal. And then, Chris, there are the Cleveland Browns. Um, they lose to Denver yesterday by the score of 24 to 19. Cleveland, who had all that hype before the season, betting markets, no bettors loved no team more than they did the Cleveland Browns. Uh, Baker Mayfield yesterday, 27 of 42 in defeat, 273, one touchdown, no picks, two sacks. They allowed Brandon Allen. What was your favorite moment of the Brandon Allen Arkansas years, uh,
0: Chris? (laughs) Oh, my God. I I had to look up to see who he played for in college. I couldn't remember.
2: I think most people did. Brandon Allen was 12 of 20 for 193, two touchdowns, no picks. He was sacked three times. It was his first start since the 2016 Liberty Bowl. How about that? Um, Yeah. Listen, the Browns ran 30 more plays than the Broncos, 73 to 43. They couldn't make stops on defense when they needed to. Uh they they let a couple big drives. First of all, Philip Lindsay, 9 for 92 and a touchdown on the ground. Noah Fant, three catches for 115 yards including a big 75-yard touchdown pass from Allen where he broke tackles and really put the Broncos ahead and put Cleveland in a come-from-behind situation the whole time. They could never sort of overcome that early big play. Denver took a 17-12 halftime lead by holding Cleveland to four field goals after the Browns stalled at the Denver 21-12, 9-13, all in the second quarter. And twice the Broncos denied the Browns on fourth down in the second half, one of which, let me just say this, was a fourth and inches at Denver's five-yard line with 5.23 left in the third quarter. The score is still 17-12. And Baker Mayfield appeared to have clearly, and I mean clearly made the first down, but nope, horrific spot, absolutely horrific spot, challenge from Freddie Kitchens, fails, and Denver proceeds to go on a 95-yard touchdown drive right after that. So I don't, I don't know what your excuse is on defense, but Cleveland Chris just appears to be a bunch of really, really amazing athletes, right? Odell Beckham Jr. made yeah. a couple great plays. Uh, but they can't get it together. They're two and six. I guess I have to kind of favor the two and six team over the over the six and two team, though, based on perception. I'm going to guess here what I think the line will be, not what I think it should be, uh, as 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 is the case with this show. So I'm going to say Cleveland minus three. Tell me how far off I am.
0: Yeah, you're off by about half a point. It's two and a half. Oh, that's not bad. I'm going to open the game two, though. I do see one, two out there, and I'm going to open a game two. Just, it is the NFL. So I know, you know, just look at yesterday. I know crazy things can happen. But I did have Buffalo. And when I say I had them, I'm just in a couple contests. I'm not out there betting, you know, my money on a, you know, 11 to 10 basis. But I did have Buffalo in a couple contests. And we mentioned them last week on Guessing the Lines. And, uh, you know, I hate to do this to you, Gil, but we said, uh the Redskins are just a terrible team, and Buffalo beats up on terrible teams. Bullies. That's been their M.O. so far this year. Yeah. Uh, where do you put Cleveland? I think they're one of those terrible teams, to tell you the truth. Now, like I said, it is the NFL. When I was making my numbers, I thought this should be pick myself. Because, like I said, it is the NFL. But also, a very interesting conversation I had over the weekend. Uh, I know a guy that knows a guy. And I think this is a pretty good source, that the Giants, uh, maybe not in the locker room, but from coaching on up through ownership, were very glad to get rid of Odell Beckham, Mm. and they saw him as a great, great talent that could really be a cancer in the locker room, and I know he stood up for Baker Mayfield last week, uh, you know, which I think was admirable, I really do. Uh, but there, we had some issues yesterday with the Odell Beckham and this team is a team that's in turmoil, uh, kitchens. I think is not up to the job, you know, Mayfield, I think is one of those guys that could be a good quarterback if he gets the right kind of coaching and he's not had that yet, but I do think he's a, 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 a very, uh, he's got a strong talent behind him, but I, i like, you know, I hate to be like one of these squares, but I like Buffalo in this game. But uh, you know, one of the things I've noticed over the years, and again, somebody, I think our friend from Australia, Down is the new up, did a, a thing on it. You know, you're when you see a number that's two and a half, you're better off taking it. Of course, you want to take the three just in case. But when you see a two and a half, you want to take it. When you see a three and a half, you're probably better off laying it. Tell that to the Packers yesterday. But you know, <laughs> as I it. said, these are not these are not 100 percent. But I, I kind of like Buffalo in this game. I'm gonna open two. They'll probably bet me, but uh, that's okay. I have a feeling the public will be on Buffalo. I think the public might be right on this one. I'm gonna I'm gonna open two.
2: Listen, listen to the Browns' remaining schedule. Okay, so the, they've played the first half. They're two and six. This is the this is yeah. their final eight games. Buffalo this weekend. That might okay. So one more besides that. But it's Buffalo this weekend. Then it's home Pittsburgh, home Miami. So this is a three-game homestand. Then at Pittsburgh, home Cincinnati, at Arizona home Baltimore at Cincinnati. That schedule is really favorable. So there's still time for yeah. them to get this going. But they, they got to start this weekend.
0: Well, I can tell you this. I had one of my sharpest players, one of my absolute sharpest guys, came in and bet Cleveland to win the Super Bowl last week. Now, again, I'm sure he saw that they were three and a half on the road, another three and a half point favorite that uh, didn't make it. And I guess we went to forward that game. But, uh, you know, that he bet him, and I'm sure he was looking at that very same schedule that you just mentioned. And, and that, that's a very valid point. But but they better get it together pretty quick. I'll yeah, that.
2: for sure. Uh, by the way, Jacob, who's in for uh, producer number five, Jeff Parlay, this has nothing to do with this game between the Bills and the Browns, but since uh, the Bills beat the Redskins, and Chrissy mentioned the Redskins, you throw up that tweet. Uh, this is for Washington Redskins fans, the Redskins who are 1-8. Um... Setting their own history here. The Redskins have now gone three straight games without a touchdown for the first time in their (laughs) 88-year history. Thank you, Andrew Siciliano, for that tweet right there. All right, let's do one more, Chris.
0: Arizona at Tampa Bay.
2: Arizona at Tampa Bay. Arizona with the extra rest here. Uh, They lost to the Niners, gave it a go. They covered on Thursday night. You remember that game where Kenyon Drake just showed up Uh, In his trade from the Dolphins, 15 carries, 110 yards, a touchdown, four catches for 52. Arizona, 357 total yards against the Niners in defeat on Thursday. And then there's Tampa Bay. Chrissy, I had Tampa Bay yesterday, as so many of us did. And this is just, this is, by the way, in Circa, it was plus five and a half. So this this ended up being a loser for all Buccaneers betters there. But, look, the the, the, uh, the Seahawks miss a field goal at the end of regulation. It would have been a, a cover for the Bucks. Instead, it goes to overtime, and you either push yeah. or you lose in, in contests with five and a half. Jameis Winston, 29 of 44, 335, two touchdowns, no picks, was sacked twice. But one extremely costly turnover, as he has wont to do, in the fourth quarter. A fumble that was not even jarred from his hand, I don't believe. Just kind of left his hand. I was recovered by Rasheem Green, led to a key field goal for Seattle. Uh, even with Mike Evans, who I say each and every week on this show, show me a better wide receiver than Mike Evans. There isn't one. 12 catches, 180 a to touchdown. But 11 penalties for the Bucs, 82 yards. They lose to the Seahawks uh, in overtime. After being up 21-7, to they snatch defeat from the jaws of victory. Seahawks beat them 40-34. to They give up five touchdown passes uh, to to Russell Wilson. We'll get to Seattle later. But um, the Bucks just doing Bucks things. But they're home here against Arizona. They're a better football team than the Cardinals are. I'll say the Bucks minus four and a half.
0: Yeah, actually, it's anywhere from four to five. Uh, actually, I see one five and a half. Also, uh, I'm going to open at five. I, I like sort of towards the higher end. Uh, like I said, I see one five and a half, but I don't want to quite go there yet. <laughs> Uh, you know, listen, Tampa did a lot of things right yesterday, did a few key things wrong. But you know, Russell Wilson has a way of winning those games. And and I had Tampa in all my contests. You know, I hate to tell you there's been one contest, I had him plus six and a half. So oh, I was okay nice. on that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. So I I get to count that as a winner and then one contest that I'm in. And Arizona, listen, I I'll be the first to admit Kyler Murray's better than I thought. But uh here's an interesting thing, that looking at Murray's stats. He got sacked three times for 37 yards. That just shows you has to take these really deep dropbacks. That's a good point. And, uh, you know, I guess Russell Wilson has to do the same. But, boy, Russell Wilson, I think it's just, you know, I I don't know if he's the MVP or not. He's right there, though. This kid has had just an unbelievable career. Um, And I don't think Murray is there. Maybe never going to get there. But he's better than I thought, I admit. Uh, but anyway, I'm going to go with five. Uh, I want to stay a little bit towards the higher side of this, and uh, you know we'll see what happens. But I thought Tampa really looked pretty good and probably should have won that game or at least covered it.
2: I have Russell Wilson to win the MVP at five to one. I said this on the show a couple weeks ago. Um, got him right before he dropped down from five to one. I love having that ticket. He's got to be yeah. the front runner now. I'm very curious when they repost this week what he'll be. And if you think who's second place. Uh, we already talked about we'll talk about more about Aaron Rodgers coming up. Terrible game for him yesterday. Deshaun yeah. Watson's gotta be in the mix. Lamar Jackson, mm-hmm. I guess, is in the mix.
0: McCaffrey's gotta but, be in the mix. You it. know,
2: that's exactly right, Chris. Christian McCaffrey should be in the mix. He just his yeah. box scores week after week are ridiculous. Yeah. But Unbelievable. I think but I think yeah. Russell Wilson's the favorite for sure. We'll come back. Yeah, we'll, I think he is too. Yeah, yeah. We'll do some more guessing lines for week ten. Can you believe it? Week ten in the National Football League. My goodness. Uh, We'll do that. And, of course, story time on the way. Special story time classic right here on The Numbers Game at Feezen.
3: Welcome back to A Numbers Game with Gil Alexander.
2: Guessing lines, week 10 in the National Football League. You know, Chris Anders, uh, who's alongside here, uh, is not only the director of the South Point Hotel Casino Sportsbook, but he's an author, in case you missed it. Name of the book, Then One Day. Chrissy, how are how are the sales going? How happy are you with everything that's transpired with this book?
0: Well, I got to tell you, the the results uh, seem to be extremely favorable. So uh, yeah, I'm very happy. I, I got a brilliant forward written in that book too by one Jill Alexander. Oh. So that uh, certainly didn't hurt, and I do appreciate that. I really do. It was a beautiful forward, and uh, you know, without you, that book wouldn't be possible. So, let's also give credit where to due.
2: Well, it's very kind of you, but uh, it's an honor to be part of it, and it's all you in there. Might there be a sequel one day, a follow-up to that? Well, uh,
0: you know, I, it, yes, maybe, because I've been talking <laughs> sorry. to a, I don't want to say yet, you yeah. know, but there's somebody who's been in the business probably a little longer than me and says that he really liked my writing and my storytelling, and oh, perhaps he and I will collaborate on a book uh, of, you know, very similar stuff. I'll tell you off the air, because okay. I'm not sure he's ready to say this yet. All right. You know, but—and I don't want to jump the gun on him. So, uh, you know, but, you know, maybe. Because,
2: maybe. you know, I just want to say this, because you—honestly, you, you honestly, and this doesn't get stated enough when we have these stories, and by the way, for those who are just landing here again, story time was always the the portion of guessing lines in podcast form that when it was told in its original form, when you went through them the first time— uh just no one cared about anything else but the stories they were so great you are a great storyteller uh both in print but particularly in audio form and i don't think that gets stressed enough and that's on me because others have really good stories too it's just that they don't tell them as well either right so like it's part of that as well like you have that talent should be
0: noted Oh, thank you. And, and that, you know, I don't want to have any false modesty, but I think you're right. I think I, I, you know, whatever, I think I do tell a pretty good story. So, you know, this book I think would be if we actually do it, I think would be very good. And I think probably might even sell better than the first one. You know, so I, I, I kind of hope we do it.
2: There's a shot of the first one. Then One Day, 40 Years of Bookmaking in Nevada by Chris Andrews. Uh, available. So, by the way, it's out on VEASAN.com, the VEASAN app right now. Available where all books are sold, including Amazon. All right. I look forward to that stuff off air. Chrissy, uh, and well, by the way, we'll get a story time from Chris later on the show. So no pressure after what I just said. Uh, <laughs> all right. What's okay. next on
0: Sunday? Okay, we got the Giants at the Jets. Oh, jeez.
2: <laughs> did these two teams? Did these guys play already? And oh, no, no, that was Buffalo that went to play both the Giants and the Jets in consecutive weeks in the same stadium. So, of course, they, these guys are meeting for the first time in a conference game. Giants and Jets. Giants are two and six. Now, we haven't seen the Giants play yet. They play tonight against the Cowboys. Right. Uh, where they are seven point dogs still. Yes, seven point dogs. You might see some six and
0: a half. Now, we're at six and a half. We're at six and a half. Six yeah. and a half
2: here at the South Point Hotel Casino. Yeah. Uh, and then the Jets yesterday, who lose to the Dolphins. Yes, indeed. Uh, the Jets lose 26 to 18 to the Dolphins. Where do we begin? Sam Darnold, 27 of 39 for 260. One touchdown, one pick. He was sacked three times. Jets committed 10 penalties for 105 yards. Uh, the Jets went 11 plays on the first drive of the game for a touchdown and a 7 and nothing lead. And then after that, they were crapola. How's that for a technical term? Uh, they actually fell below. They're actually behind Miami now, technically in the standings because of the head-to-head tiebreaker on this. Uh, it's their second-worst start. They matched their second-worst start in franchise history at 1-7. and seven. Uh, They were 0-8 back in 1996. Uh, I will say this. I don't mean to get into superlatives on people, but have you ever seen, like, if you take Sam Darnold's performance two weeks ago against the Patriots, I don't know if you can re- recall this, but he had three picks in that game, and one was more horrific than the previous like, this was Jameis Winston on steroids panicky. And then his one pick yesterday, like the, the one sequence of this game oh. that, that symbolized everything, was the end of the first half, where the Jets appeared to have scored a touchdown, it was reversed, and then Darnold goes ahead and throws this just absolutely horrific pick, where it's just like, what are you doing uh, and it's picked off by the Dolphins at the one-yard line. The Dolphins subsequently get a safety that, by the way, wasn't ruled a safety on the field, but the people in the booth had to come down and say, hey, by the way, that's a safety. And then after they punt after a safety, the Jets end up with a field goal. So they end up with five points at the end of that sequence anyway. But it was just absolute bad news bears of football stuff. But, Darnold, have you, do you ever remember a guy that just panics in the way he does on the field and throws – just the worst picks you'll ever see, sort of the Jameis Winston Modern Day Award.
0: Well, all these quarterbacks coming out of college, I really didn't like any one of them. And the knock that I had against Arnold is he does not protect the ball. I mean, he, That's bumbled how he was a lot. At USC. That, yeah. that interception... That interception was ridiculous, ridiculous. One of the worst plays I've seen all year, but the, you know, he did that in college. He's doing that in the pros. And there's a kid that really needs some coaching. And right now he is not getting it. I can tell you that. And uh, Adam gaze has to be one and done with this team. They've, and you know, Gil, the one play too, that I kind of watched again this morning, uh, the bad snap from center. Yes. I, yeah. Was that a safety or a, was that a touch? It, it was a safety.
2: It was a safety because the Dolphins couldn't recover. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, the team was totally lethargic. I mean, you could see like they just kind of stood around and say, oh, I hope that other guy picks it up. <laughs> you know, I mean, <laughs> it, wh- where's it. the passion? Yeah. Yeah. Where's the passion? I mean, football's a passionate game, man. And uh, well, I think this, you know, th- this is just a totally lost team right now.
2: Listen, I don't want to be lazy here, but uh, Giants at Jets. I mean, it's a it's a pick'em to me. I mean, what what are you gonna make this line?
0: Well, I see anywhere from a pick all the way up to two and a half. Uh, I even see two and a half with some juice on the favorite. I think that's a little too high. Well, and once again, you you know, Giants are a home dog. And you go to a road favorite, you know, that's like the the one system I really kind of look at. By the way, it was Johnny Detroit who ran that for me a couple of years ago. I asked him to take a look at it. And I think it's like about 68%. So I'm like, so I'm going to give credit where that's due as well. Uh, I think I'm going to open the two right now. And, of course, the Giants play tonight. We'll see where that goes. But like I said, I, I, I'd be very careful betting on the Giants. But who the hell wants to bet the Jets after this? <laughs> That's you know, what
2: I'm just gee. saying. It, uh, I mean, yeah. the, the Giants could change our opinion tonight. Absolutely, they could. Yeah. But right now, as we sit here, right now, how is this not a coin flip in anybody's minds? Right? It's like the same. They, they yeah. play in the same stadium. Um, yeah. What are you getting from either team, basically?
0: Yeah. Yeah, boy. You know, I mean, we have to go through the schedule. Which game we just stay away from. Uh, right now, this one might be at the top. <laughs> that would be the one. That would be the one. <laughs> yeah, so far. All right, so let's, far.
2: let's squeeze in one more here. Yeah,
0: Atlanta at New Orleans.
2: All right, well, nothing much to say here because they're both off buys, right? So Atlanta's one and seven. Yeah. New Orleans is seven and one. I guess, do we know if it's Matt Ryan or not? Let's let's make a line with Matt Ryan versus Matt Schaub, although Matt Schaub had this great game uh, last week where he almost put up. Uh, well, he put up north of 400 yards. Uh, Yeah, but I'll I'll say
0: Ryan is probable. Ryan is probable probable right now.
2: All right, and we know that Drew Brees is back because he was already before the buy. So I'll say New Orleans minus ten and a half.
0: Just cut right to the chase. You're you're a little light. I see anywhere from eleven and a half to twelve and a half. Um, Okay. uh, Boy, I think I kind of like the higher number here, the twelve and a half. you know, and again, it is the NFL, so be careful with all these chalks, you know. But, uh, you know, Atlanta, This, I, I think a lot of us, me included, surprised that Atlanta did not make a coaching move during the bye. I think a lot of us kind of saw it coming. Uh, there's problems with Atlanta. Quarterback is really not one of them. They have a million other problems here. In New Orleans, uh, you know, if they're the best team in the NFC, they certainly might be. You know, they're, they're, they're right there. And I think this is a team that's really going to be tough to beat down the stretch. Uh, but that being said, it's a, you know, it's kind of a rivalry. A lot of people outside of the South don't realize that. But it is a pretty big rivalry game. Uh, I'm going to go with the 12-and-a-half. I think the public will be on the Saints. But uh, I'd be careful here. I think, uh, you know, Atlanta's a pretty good live dog to cover this number.
2: Did you think any of these guys will be fired? I mean, obviously, Jay Gruden has already gone in Washington. But if you take Dan Quinn, you mentioned Adam Gase. Uh, Freddie kitchens who we've already touched on. Um, I don't know. Does it benefit these teams to make moves mid season or they just wait it out now to the end?
0: I, I very rarely see these mid season moves make a lot of sense. Unless you just, you know, want to clear out the locker room and the bad karma or anything else that's going on, but I wouldn't expect a whole ton of improvement uh, after doing that. So I think most of those guys will last the season but kitchens and gays, they they got to be one and done, both of them. And Quinn, I, I have a feeling, he was gone at the end of the season. You know, and this is a, it's a shame because he had a great, he had great successes taking to Atlanta to the Super Bowl, probably should have won it, uh, and had a great career as a coordinator, defensive coordinator. But it just you know, since that Super Bowl loss, they have gone straight downhill in Atlanta, and I think they got to make a change.
2: Got to. We'll come back. More Guessing Lines Week 10. Chris Andrews, at Andrews Sports, by the way. If you want to follow him on Twitter, I'm at beatingthebook, at Andrews Sports. Uh, More Week 10 Guessing Lines. Looking for value. So far, Kansas City, the one number that appears to be uh, way off to me. Everything else kind of in pocket. We'll see if we can find some more. It's coming up on a numbers game right here at VEASAN.
3: Welcome back to A Numbers Game with Gil Alexander.
2: We won't talk about this in Guessing Lines because they obviously played a game in London yesterday and we will be on by, but Houston uh, crushes Jacksonville 26-3. to I was saying about Sam Darnold, Jacob. Uh, do, you ever rem- do you ever remember a guy who panics more and throws worse-looking picks? I will say this about Gardner Minshew. you ever remember a guy who is better at, when scrambling or when flushed out of the pocket, approaching the line of scrimmage but knowing it's as if that that thing, that line that we see on TV, it's as if he's aware of that line. Right? Clearly it's not there, but it's as if he knows. I've never seen someone better at approaching the line of scrimmage and throwing it right before he crosses it than Gardner Minshew. Now, that said, I think Nick Foles is starting in a couple of weeks because it was almost a, can you run that tweet that we had there? This is an interesting tweet because this was, if you watch that London game and, and – you know, Houston got it done 26-3, to and we're obviously not going to guess lines regarding this team. But the other one that I sent, do you remember the one regarding the—there uh, we go. This is R.J. White. Some awful play calling from the Jags in the first half as they refused to attack the Texans' banged-up secondary deep. Going to start a conspiracy theory uh, that DiFilippo intentionally sabotaged Minshew to get his Super Bowl quarterback back in the lineup, and you can't stop me. It means you can't stop me from starting the conspiracy theory. But I think all those things are true. I think Minshew's really good at that. I think he's done. I think Foles will get the start uh, in two weeks. Minshew ends up four and four as the Jaguar starter, if that is indeed the case. We bring back Chrissy Andrews uh, from the South Point Hotel Casino Sportsbook. He is the director of said sportsbook. Uh, I'm not sure if you agree with that about Minshew, but I was I always admired that about him. I'm like, I've never seen a guy do that so well.
0: Point, you know, I think going into next year, um, and I think Dave Damaschek, uh, who's with the NFL uh, Network, tweeted this out yesterday. When Foles gets back, he'll be the quarterback. But Minshew might be the starter next year. Yeah, And look for the look for Foles to be the starting quarterback at, in Chicago next year. Oh. So I don't know. That's a lot of uh, pieces to a puzzle. But yeah, man. I wouldn't call it crazy.
2: Somebody's gonna be so, the man. somebody's gonna be the quarterback in Chicago next year, Chris. And I don't, oh, I don't think it's the guy who's Lord. there now.
0: All right, what's next? Oh man. What's next here? Okay, we got Baltimore at Cincinnati.
2: All right. Well, Baltimore with the uh you know, arguably one of the big wins of the NFL season last night. They beat the Patriots for those who missed it, thirty-seven to twenty. They do it as three point dogs at home. Lamar Jackson, 17 of 23, 163 yards. That's uh, through the air. One touchdown, no picks. One sack, 16 carries, 61 yards for another two touchdowns. Just filling up a stat sheet. He's on the short list of MVP candidates. Um, Even though I think it's, uh, you know, a little bit down the list but he's on the short list anyway. Uh Mark Ingram, 15 carries, 115 yards. The the Ravens outpossessed if you will the Patriots. 37 minutes and 1 second to 22:59. Uh they were the NFL's leading ground attack heading in. They got 210 yards on the ground. Basically this game last night. They were up 17 to nothing. And then the game sort of turned on Cyrus Jones muffing a punt. That led to a New England touchdown. Then Mark Ingram fumbled. That made it 17 to 10. The Pats ended up down 17-13 to at the end of the first half, and they were getting the ball uh, to begin the second half. So basically, you know, looked like it was going to be a Ravens runaway, and then halfway through, you're like, look at these Patriots. They're going to win this game the yeah. way they're, they're handling it. Uh, but then a Julian Edelman fumble after the Patriots matriculated down the field on that first drive in the second half. Edelman fumbles, Marlon Humphrey to the house, um, and I, I don't want to say they, they never looked back because the Patriots did score subsequently to cut it 24 to 20, but they never trailed uh, from that point forward. That was really a play they needed to uh, get a bigger lead and boost confidence at that point. Uh, maybe the signature moment of the game, Brady threw a pick with 1257 left. Jackson then led a methodical nine and a half minute drive that ended with a one yard score from him. That ended New England's 13 game winning streak dating to last season, including the playoffs. And then the first drive of the game, it was a very uncharacteristic New England night. Baltimore lined up for a field goal. Shaleek Calhoun jumped into the neutral zone to give the Ravens a first down. They ended up scoring a touchdown. Very un-Patriots-like. So it was very un-Patriots-like from the very beginning, and yet they were still in it for a while because they're the Patriots. Uh, Baltimore 10-2 straight up after a bye under Jim Harbaugh now, uh, who took over back in 2008. I know how you feel about John Harbaugh, not Jim Harbaugh, John Harbaugh, who uh, you've called the second-best coach in football for many years, Chris. And then there's Cincinnati, who they're playing. Cincinnati is now, because Miami won, they're the only uh, winless team in football and have the yeah. uh, currently number one pick in the draft if the draft were to be today, which, of course, it is not. Baltimore minus 10 on the road at Cincinnati. That's my guess.
0: Uh, yeah, you're right on. It's 10 and 10 and a half. I, I like the lower number. Once again, we have a home dog that goes to the road favorite. And, uh, boy, that's three plays right there you have uh, off that one system. I think this number is too high. By the way, we haven't mentioned Zach Taylor as a one-and-done coach. Yes, him too. He probably should be. But, you know, you know the Brown family. They're notoriously cheap, and I'm sure he has more than a one-year contract, and they aren't going to eat the rest of those couple years, even though they have the wrong guy in the wrong position. But, uh, <laughs>
2: even though they have the who? wrong guy, the wrong position. It's yeah, true. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: But you know, you know, uh, listen, yeah. you've been watching football. I mean, I've seen the Brown family for you know, how many years have they owned this franchise? Like 40 years since yeah. their inception. They yeah. just That's what they do. Um, who's the quarterback? For Cincinnati? Riley this is another guy. I had to look up. Who the hell is he? Finley. Yeah. <laughs> Ryan Finley. Yeah. Finn, Ryan Finley. There you go. Yeah. I showed you how much I know. Uh, you know, i tell you what, I feel sorry for Andy Dalton. I think there's a kid that probably could have been good with the right coaching, spent his whole career with bad coaching and never quite, not that he would have been an all pro, but he probably could have been a lot better than, than he has been in his career. Anyway, all that being said, I, you know, I'm going to open 10. I think the public probably comes in on Baltimore, but I got to tell you, I like Cincinnati. I, I think they, uh, I think Baltimore is probably, uh, you know, feeling their oats a little bit after that win in, in mm-hmm. New England. And I don't see them being sky high for this game. And uh, I think Cincinnati going to cover this one. You know, I'm. will they win? I doubt it. But I like them plus a 10. I think that's the right side. I'll
2: just ask this as we go to break. If Baltimore's 10 at Cincinnati, how is Kansas City only three and a half at Tennessee? We'll ponder that. We'll come <laughs> back. Week 10 Guessing okay. on A Numbers stated <laughs>
1: Support for today's show, as always, comes from bookmaker.eu. Now, you know, in all these years of doing the podcast, I have never shilled for random sponsors. But I feel strongly about bookmaker.eu, and I hope that that gets across. They are the place where the lines originate. That's been their motto through their 30-plus years as an industry leader. Because Chances are the sports book at which you are playing follows their line. But here's the deal. Besides being the first to post odds, they take the highest limits, and they pride themselves on never having kicked out a winning player. That last part in particular is huge in this modern global landscape of bookmakers. Huge. And right now, if you visit bookmaker.eu slash gill, that's bookmaker.eu slash g-i-l-l, you can join and claim an exclusive 100% welcome bonus of up to $300. That's bookmaker.eu slash gill to join and claim your welcome bonus of up to $300. You will thank me later. It is the only betting experience I need. bookmaker.eu slash gill.
3: It's a numbers game with your host, Gil Alexander. One of those idiots who believe in analytics. It is Guessing Lines,
2: week 10 on a numbers game right here at Visa the Vegas Stats and Information Network Series X of Channel 204 Visa.com, the Visa app, FUBO, Sling, Game Plus, on down the line. Jacob is in for uh, Jeff this morning. Where's Jeff, by the way, Jacob? Uh, he was on Green Zone yesterday, so they gave him morning off so he can prep for market watch tonight. Oh, he can't, he can't do the show because he did a show yesterday and he's yeah. going to do his show. By the way, Jeff has a show uh, Monday through Friday here called, <laughs> called Market Watch, uh, 4 p.m. Pacific, uh, 7 p.m. Eastern, Monday through Friday. I'm just messing with Jeffrey. Uh, okay, so he'll be back tomorrow. Jacob, you're doing a fine job, by the way. Thank you. Gil. Appreciate Thank it. You. It was nice having you last time, too, on a Friday where we got to yes. actually interact. Always fun. Always got to get here. Today it's a little different, though, so oh, I apologize This is I'm among giants today. I totally understand. <laughs> no, Well, Chris, he's here for sure. Uh, we get tweets, by the way, at beating the book. Let me just go through some of these. Uh, this is uh, Bad Pete Moss. Did, did Chris just tip his hand about a follow-up book to his Amazon bestseller, Then One Day on Visa and Live's uh, A Numbers Game with Gil? Might it be a collaboration with Jimmy Vaccaro? Nonetheless, we need this historical stories documented. People speculating, Chrissy. We'll bring in Chris Andrews. People are speculating who you're doing this with. Uh, Nicholas Griggs, you tied your guessing lines record today. What he means is for the uh, furthest off guess. I don't know. Are we giving me Kansas City? Are we giving me a mulligan on the Kansas City? Am I shifting it to minus 7.5 or going with my first guess? Minus 10? What's the ruling, Jacob? I'll leave it to you. I think we go with... The outrage and go with the 10. Let's go with the yeah, outrage. Yeah, I think you're right. All right, that. so I tied my record. You're right. Minus 10. Uh, DeBears, 788-78032. <laughs> I love when people have twi- uh, Twitter handles like that. I'm um, thinking the left tackle hit his elbow. Oh, that's with the Jameis Winston fumble. Okay, maybe it did. Uh, Goldie Don Eldono. NFL lines are good all, but uh, Gil, can you get onto the serious stuff? And there's a uh, picture of... Super Bowl 54 halftime show what will be the first song played (laughs) from J-Lo or uh, Shakira so I got to get on that I got to do my research all right give me some time got to do all that stuff let's bring in Chris Andrews once again the uh, South Point Hotel Casino Sportsbook Director my mishpucha who is here to guess some lines we have more early games Chris any more of those to get to
0: well, we're going to go one game, got moved to the afternoon, then we got an early game after that. Deal? was that Goldie Don? Is that my buddy from Australia?
2: Oh, I didn't know. I didn't know you know who Goldie Dawn was. This is the first I've ever gotten into that, one. Yeah. Yeah,
0: okay. Yeah, good. Yeah, I, I, I actually got to meet him in person after being Twitter friends with him for a long time. Great, great guy. Great guy.
2: Yeah, he's, he wants me to start handicapping uh, J-Lo and Shakira, so
0: I'm all over it. <laughs> That would sound like him. Yes, yeah, okay. I'm all about it. <laughs> okay, next up, we've got Carolina at Green Bay.
2: Carolina at Green Bay. Carolina, again, uh, wins their game yesterday. Uh, Carolina beats the Tennessee Titans 30-20. to They do so as three-and-a-half-point favorites. And Green Bay losing, as we mentioned, to the Chargers 26-11 to in a sort of shocking fashion. Like, we don't expect that kind of performance yeah. Uh, from Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. First, the Panthers. Uh, let me get the Allen correct, because there's Josh and there's Brand, and This is Kyle Allen. 17 of 32 for 232, two touchdowns, three picks, one time sacked. Uh, they're 5-1, are the Panthers, with Kyle Allen as uh, Carolina's starting quarterback. Uh, this is how the conversation's going with Cam Newton. Hey, uh, Cam, you're still hurt. No, actually, my foot's doing a little better. Ah, your, your foot's still hurt, Cam. Why don't you sit out a little while longer? So Cam's not, I don't know if we'll ever see Cam again. Because they are off the hook, are the Panthers, uh, after this year. They have no obligations to Cam Newton after this season is over. So Kyle Allen, 5-1 and as Carolina's starting quarterback. He remains the Panthers' starting quarterback. And as you mentioned earlier, Christian McCaffrey, another week, another filling up of the box score. 24 carries for 146 yards, two touchdowns, three catches for 20 and a touchdown, 166 yards from scrimmage. Averaging six point one yards per carry halfway through the season now, because the Panthers are five and three. The third-year back leads the NFL with twelve hundred and forty-four yards from scrimmage and thirteen touchdowns. And as I like to say, Chrissy, his Heisman is somewhere at Derrick Henry's house. That's the other thing that <laughs> bothers me about Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. Remember how bad the okay. East Coast bias was then a couple years back?
0: Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah.
2: Uh, DJ Still Morris. Bad. DJ Moore, seven catches, 101 yards. Uh, Riverboat Ron. Ron Rivera went for it on fourth and two early in the game, a gamble that resulted in a seven-yard touchdown from Allen to McCaffrey. And then the third quarter at 17-7, to when the game was really still in the balance, he, uh, he signed off on a fake punt, fourth and four from his own 36 that they converted, swung the momentum to Carolina. And then there's the Packers. And let's continue with the talk about the Packers, because we mentioned earlier the Chargers and the Packers earlier. But Aaron Rodgers, 23 of 35 yesterday for 161. One touchdown, no picks. He was sacked three times. The 161 yards passing is his fifth lowest total uh, in his whole career when he plays all four quarters. So fifth lowest total ever for him. And the 61 yards, he was at 61 yards through three quarters. That's a career low. 61 yards from Aaron Rodgers who had, you know, look, at he's always got that expression of nonchalance, and sort of like that, the hybrid of nonchalance and arrogance, but but it's, because it's Aaron Rodgers, we're okay with it because he always gets it done. Yesterday was one of those days where you're like, uh, I don't know if there's a pulse here. And by the way, Jamal Williams, I should point this out, uh, he had a 10-yard touchdown catch with 621 remaining. Maybe you shouldn't celebrate when you're getting crushed. Maybe you shouldn't do that. That was a bad look. Uh, four-game winning streak for the Packers' snap. Look, they're still 7-2. and two. But Aaron Jones came in averaging 137.8 scrimmage yards in his past four games, held to 29 yards, 30 rushing, minus one receiving. And Devontae Adams made his return, seven catches, for 41 yards uh, after missing the last four games because of turf toe. But they just got destroyed by a Chargers team who, again, maybe you thought they could do it on offense, the Chargers, but defensively just absolutely stymied Aaron Rodgers. And that Packers defense is not very good. All that said... It is Kyle Allen against Aaron Rodgers. Hate to just sort of simplify it to quarterbacks. So that alone is going to make this way more than three. I'll, I'll double it. I won't quite make it seven. I'll say Green Bay minus six.
0: Yeah, you know, it's funny you say that because when I was making my numbers myself, I thought it was six and I was debating between six and six and a half. But it's come out five and a half, even mm-hmm. a couple fives. And I like that better. Uh, as I look back, I think I've really been underestimating Carolina. I think they're a lot better than, uh, I have in my ratings. And, you know, probably a lot of that is Allen at quarterback. You know, I just expected him to come to earth at some point. I'm not that he's been fantastic, but he's, he's pretty good. And, you know, when you got McCaffrey back there with you, that's going to make you pretty good too. Defense isn't bad. Um, you know, I like I like this team. I'm not sure I love them in this spot particularly, and I don't want to go overboard downgrading Green Bay after one bad performance. It really was their first really bad performance. Well, second, I guess, of the year. But uh, you know, I don't want to downgrade them. But I think I've been underestimating Carolina, so I'm going to open this game five and a half. I think that's better than the numbers that I was looking at originally, which were six or six and a half.
2: That an afternoon game, Chris.
0: Uh, that got moved to the afternoon, yes. That's a 125
2: start. All right, let's do the rest of the afternoon games. What else you got?
0: Miami at Indianapolis. All right,
2: Miami. Break up the Dolphins. They get a win. Brian Flores' first uh, career win as the uh, Dolphins head coach as they beat the Jets, as we talked about earlier. They're 1-7. Indianapolis 5-3. and three. Um, They lose yesterday to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, I got to tell you something. They lose 26-24, to 24, by the way. Steelers end up covering... The one point spread on this, uh, I had the yep. Colts, Chris, and I am I just, know you did. oh, I'm just livid about this game. One, Jacoby Brissett gets hurt. That's the first thing you can't anticipate that hurt when Quentin Nelson uh, stepped on his ankle, then tweaked his lower leg when uh, he was blocking Hayward. Uh, picks. So basically, the Colts are in control of this game. They're matriculating. They're driving. They're in the red zone. Pick six to Minka Fitzpatrick. There was that. There was a—so you got to assume there. You don't assume a touchdown for the Colts, but you got to assume, let's say, a field goal. So that's a 10-point swing, let's call it. Um, I guess you can't assume anything with Adam Vinatieri, but let's just say that's a 10-point swing right there. Then there was a uh, horrific personal foul penalty at the end of the first half. That was a phantom call. There was at least two questionable roughing penalties on the Colts. Um there was a phantom DPI reviewed, not overturned, which put Pittsburgh in game-winning field goal range. There was a blocked PAT. There was a shanked game winner because they still had a chance to win, did the Colts at the end, which would have been a push for most people. But terrible hold where the uh, Laces were facing Vinatieri. Fifth miss this yeah. season for Vinatieri in 17 attempts. Uh, and now Indianapolis is out of first place. They trail Houston. Houston 6-3. and three. Indianapolis is 5-3. and three. They trail them by a half game. Will it be Jacoby Brissett moving forward, or will it be Brian Hoyer? Uh, Brissett left in the second quarter with the left knee injury, didn't return. Indianapolis came in having won five of six, but they won five of six by a combined 19 points. Each of their eight games this season has been decided by a touchdown or less. So Hoyer, 17 of 26 for 168, three touchdowns, one pick, the horrific pick six, and four times sacked in that game. Uh, and then there's the Dolphins, and I don't know if we have to go too far into the Dolphins, but they get their first win, and uh, congratulations to them. They came into the week outscored 130-20 to in the second half. Now it's 136-25, to by the way. Uh, they had yet to score a point in the third quarter. They got a field goal. And Flores gave his team Monday off. So they're off today after that after that big victory.
0: Uh, <laughs> Why not? <laughs> yeah.
2: So I, I guess it's Hoyer. Are we assuming Hoyer here? Because to me, there's, there's a bit of a difference. I'll just say Indianapolis minus seven and a half because this is exactly what I made Pittsburgh in that game against Miami. If it were Brissette, I'd say it's a little more. But I'm going to assume Hoyer, and I'm going to assume minus seven and a half.
0: Well, Hoyer, I mean, Brissette is questionable. Uh, but almost everybody has the game up. so I'm not sure they see a big difference in the number. I mean, I'm with you, I see a difference. Uh, but anyway, I see the game anywhere from 10 and a half to 11 and a half. I personally like the lower number. I'm at 10 and a half on this one because like you said that uh, the Colts tend to play some very, very close games and uh, you know Miami, you never know how a team like this they win one game. Are they partying all week now? They might be. <laughs> you know, I don't know. <laughs> you know. They might be, but I, I do like the lower number. I'm going to open 10 and a half on this one. By the way, I have to apologize to listeners. I skipped a game. We got Detroit at Chicago. Oh, which got which is a morning game. I'm so my hum, most humble apologies.
2: Oh, well, your most humble apologies accepted. By the way, Dolphins avoid what would have been their second zero and eight start in franchise history. Uh, it's their highest point total of the season in this game. Uh, where yeah. they, where they scored Miami uh scoring 26 in a 26-18 win over the Jets. First win since the Miami Miracle over New England last season um for the Dolphins who led for the final 36 minutes and 14 seconds of this game. Uh entering yesterday they had led for only a total of 3 minutes and 46 seconds uh, <laughs> in their first four home games combined. So um so you're saying it's 10 Oh by
0: the way let yeah. Yeah, by the way, we were all over Miami last week. We loved them against the Jets. Let's just point that out. Yes. And uh, the early move was on Miami, but they got way overcome by, you know, wise guys and the public coming back on the Jets. That was a big, big game for us yesterday. But we, I stuck with Miami. I had them in a lot of contests and all that other stuff and uh, really felt that they would win that game. were that was a real good result.
2: There were two that we had on guessing lines last week, the Dolphins and the Niners, which at the time of guessing lines would have triggered bets. Uh, I had guessed 10 on the Niners. It opened at 8. But by the time the game rolled around, it was already 10. And then the Dolphins, as you pointed out, it got all the way down to 3. So I would have bet the Dolphins, but not at 3. I didn't in the end in contests. So um, one uh, worked out because the Niners wouldn't have covered. They didn't cover. The Dolphins did. So giveth and taketh away. So what was the other game? Chicago, I'm sorry, Chicago?
0: Detroit at Chicago.
2: All right, Detroit at Chicago. So Detroit, we talked about, they lose to the Raiders. Uh, I don't know what that last play was from Matthew Stafford, try to tie the game up, but... Uh, was not to be. Carl Joseph with the stop, yeah. and Detroit loses by a touchdown to the Raiders, 31 to 24. Matthew Stafford, 26 of 41 for 406 yards, three touchdowns, and a pick. He was sacked twice. Galladay remains his biggest target, four for 132 and a touchdown. Although Marvin Jones, uh, eight catches for 126 and a touchdown. McKissick was a big part of their offense yesterday, uh, four for 32 on the ground, three for 40 through the air and a touchdown. But they lost for the fourth time in five games. The, the Lions are just so frustrating. Um did you know that like this has nothing to do with betting? Do you know Matthew Stafford ju- is now top 20 for most touchdown passes ever in the history of the National Football League? Uh that was surprising oh. to me. Uh, also passed yeah. Drew Brees for the third most yards passing in his first 11 seasons with over 41,200 now. Uh, but either way, Detroit is Detroit. They're 3-4-1. and one. You never know what you're getting with them from week to week. They're capable of winning every game, and they're capable of losing every game. It just seems that way. Uh, and then there's the Bears. And maybe this is really the focus of this game. Mitch Trubisky yesterday. Mitchell Trubisky, as uh, Mike Lombardi likes to call him, Michael Lombardi, MVP Mitch. He says mockingly, derisively. <laughs> Mitchell Trubisky yesterday, now this is what it says in the box score. So this is when the game's over. 10 of 21 for 125. No touchdowns, no picks. He was sacked three times. Fourth straight loss for the Bears. Uh, the Bears went three and out on their first five possessions. They gained, there's a snapshot here I have on my phone of a box score with two minutes left in the first half. With two minutes left in the first half, they had minus 10 yards. Total offense. <laughs> three and out on their first five possessions, minus 10 yards of offense. The halftime box score, um, which I have right next to it, they have a grand total of nine yards, total yards in the first half. They had no first downs at the two-minute warning. They had one first down by halftime. Um, But here they were in the game nonetheless with those nine first-half yards. They trailed 19 to nothing. They got within 19 to 14. They could have won this game. Uh, but they were only two of ten on third downs. They were out first downed, if you will, by the Eagles in their nineteen to fourteen loss. Excuse me, twenty-two to fourteen loss ultimately. Twenty-six to ten. They were out gained three seventy-three to one sixty-four. They had hundred two passing yards total when you factor in sacks. Just sixty-two on the ground, and they just allowed the the main thing of this game. By the way, the Eagles had the ball for more than forty minutes. The uh, Bears for for less than twenty. Philly got up, got the ball up nineteen to fourteen with eight forty left in this game. And they proceed to go on a 16-play, 69-yard drive capped by Jake Elliott's 38-yard field goal uh, with 25 seconds left. Carson Wentz kept converting third downs, four for four on third downs before they had to kick the field goal at the end. So they were four for five total. But basically they held the ball for 814 of the remaining 840. And that was the, the 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 situation. The Bears defense, the Bears vaunted defense, could not get the Eagles off the field. So as bad as Trubisky was, there's blame to go around. I'll say Chicago minus one and a half, just because I'm splitting the difference between a pick'em and a three.
0: Well, it's two and a half and three. A uh, couple three. Well, I see one three flat, a couple threes with juice on the dog, but mostly two and a half. I'm going to open two and a half. By the way. My favorite stat that I think yesterday, and there's a bunch of funny ones. Scott Kasmar, who's a pretty good football writer, put this out at some point during the first half. Chicago has more first downs than they do yards. Their first downs at that point were zero. Their total yards <laughs> right. were minus two. Yeah. <laughs> so, at zero, they had more first downs than yardage. Was minus two, I thought that was hilarious and a great way to look at that. So Anyway, I'm going to go with two and a half, and that, you know they'll probably lay it to me. And I, you know, God bless them, they can have it. Uh, I, you know, I think Detroit—they they are frustrating, Gil. There's no question about. It. They're extremely frustrating, but they do have. Well, number one, they have Stafford, and I think they have some heart on that team. And Chicago, uh, you know, do you start losing heart? I think you do. You know, when your quarterback just cannot produce no matter what, you know, I think it's one of those things that yeah, you just uh, you know, it, it takes uh, takes the wind out of your sails, whether you're offensive, or off, or you're on the offensive side or the defensive side. So I'm I, I kind of like Detroit. And Like I say, you know, you take the two and a halfs and you lay the three and a halfs. I know it's counterintuitive, but I think over the long, long haul, that's probably the best strategy. There's a two and a half. Talk about their betting. I think I'd play Detroit.
2: I was gonna say if it's three, I would grab Detroit.
0: Yeah, yeah. Because there's yeah, no. I see one three flat. I would take that. Just because I, the, yeah, I, yeah, I don't know so the yeah. I don't I yeah. don't
2: know the justification for the Bears being three point favorites against Detroit.
0: Yeah, me neither.
2: One more uh, one more before the prime time.
0: Los Angeles at the Steelers. Los Angeles Rams at the Steelers.
2: All right, so this is the team, the Steelers, that I have a markedly different opinion from the market uh, as we've discovered the last two weeks, both against the Dolphins and this past week against the Colts. My opinion being much less of your Pittsburgh Steelers. But give it to the Steelers. They were 1-4. and four. Now they're 4-4. Four and four. They're actually alive. Mason Rudolph yesterday in the win against the Colts. 26-35 of 35 for 191. One touchdown. One pick. He was sacked once. Jalen Samuels. 13 catches for 73. Mike Tomlin. Quote, it's good to be sitting at 4-4. Four four. Never thought you'd hear Mike Tomlin say that about a 4-4 four and four record. But that's the case. Steelers uh, held on despite mustering just 273 total yards. But just enough, defense forced three turnovers. I mentioned that pick six. They got five sacks. Colts came in having allowed 11 all year. Steelers sacked them five times. But that uh, Minka Fitzpatrick trade, that's his fourth pick of the season, third in six days. Remember, he had two on Monday night. 96-yard sprint on the pick six to the end zone. Tied the game when it appeared the Colts were ready to go up by double digits. That was everything in that game. Um, I'm going to say the Rams minus six. Rams coming off a bye.
0: Once again, your anti-Steeler bias is showing itself. (laughs) I see the game anywhere from three to four. Uh, Three is a low-water market. By the way, the guy that opened the three happens to be a Pittsburgher. (laughs) So I don't want to say who it was. But I'm going to open three and a half. Uh, I would definitely look to take the four in this game. I think this game, I I personally think three is okay. I'm going to keep my eye on the market here. But it is three and a half and four, mostly four. Uh, But I'm going to open three and a half. Uh, but I want to tell you, and I think I mentioned this before, but I, I will reiterate it. The Minka Fitzpatrick trade was more than just, uh, you know, value. I think it was a message to the, to the players, to the, to the whole Steeler organization, to the fans, that we are not laying over to die. We are trying to put a contender on the field every single year. We're not tanking. We are going to try to get in the playoffs. And then once we get in the playoffs, God knows what can happen. And I think that's what that trade was all about. And I said it at the time, we could debate value and all that other stuff. I know a first round draft choice is, you know, highly valued and it should be. But I I think that was the message of the trade. And you know what? I mean, the kid has really played exceptionally well. And uh, I I was glad we made it at the time. And I'm even more glad about it now as a Steeler fan. And uh, I, I, you know, you're going to be on the Rams. I like the Steelers in this one.
2: Okay. We'll come back, we'll do the primetime games, we'll get to story time. It's all brought to you by the BetMGM app here on A Numbers Game at VEASAN, where first-time players can make their first bet completely risk-free up to $500 just by using the bonus code VEASAN500. It's the same folks that brought you Borgata in Atlantic City with you all football season long with easy deposit withdrawal methods and a variety of betting options. Again, it's VEASAN500, 500, V-S-I-N-500, 500, to place your first BetMGM wager risk-free, your, for, your $500 risk-free bet. At sign up. Let's be clear about that. You could sign up anywhere, but you must be in the state of New Jersey to place a bet. BetMGM, it's how you play the game. Download the app today. Got to be 21 or older, New Jersey only. BetMGM, VEASAN 500, the bonus code you need to make your first bet up to $500. Coming back, primetime games and then story time with Chris Andrews on a numbers game right here at VEASAN. Guessing lines.
3: Welcome back to A Numbers Game with Gil Alexander,
2: Carlos Beltran. Your new manager of the New York Mets. How about that? We see that coming? I don't know that I did. Maybe I missed the memo on that. I wonder how uh, Parlay feels about that. Lifelong Mets fan. Uh, We'll talk about that on another day when we're not guessing lines in the NFL. Let's do the two primetime games, Uh, Chrissy. Let's go to Sunday night.
0: Boy, a couple of really good ones. Minnesota at Dallas.
2: And the Thursday night game isn't terrible either, huh? The uh, Chargers and the Raiders. Yeah, we
0: really got some great primetime games this week, yeah.
2: Minnesota at Dallas. Minnesota, as we mentioned, lose to the Chiefs. The Chiefs didn't have any of those players. Not only not Mahomes, they didn't have Eric Fisher. They didn't have uh, Laurent DuVernay-Tardif on the uh, offensive line. Didn't have Kendall Fuller in the secondary or Frank Clark and Alex Okafor on the defensive line. And yet Minnesota still couldn't get it done. Kirk Cousins, bully, likes to beat up on the bad teams. Not so much against the good team. (laughs) 19 of 38 for two twenty-three touchdowns, no picks. And one, uh, he was sacked once. Minnesota, six and three. Dallas hasn't played yet. They played the Giants tonight. They're seven-point road favorites. Uh, so without that, I'll just say Dallas, as a placeholder, should be minus three here.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. I see some two and a half, a little bit of three, a couple three flats, a couple three with juice on the dog. Uh, I'm going to open three. I think that's a decent place to open it. You know, Let's see what happens tonight. Uh, but I, I do agree with your sentiments, Minnesota, uh, you know, number one, the, the whole is less than the sum of the parts yep. and uh, they do tend to beat up on the weaker teams. Uh, Dallas, certainly not a weaker team, but you know, they have their issues too against the good teams. So I think it's a very interesting game with probably a lot of playoff implications, but uh, I'm going to use three because, uh, like I said, I just don't know what else to make it at this point, and I think that's a decent place to start. Yep, I think that's it. Uh,
2: and then I think I know what's coming Monday night. What's Monday?
0: Seattle at San Francisco.
2: There it is. The 7-2 and Seahawks against the only remaining uh, undefeated in the NFL, the San Francisco 49ers, 8-0. First meeting between these two teams this year. Uh, Seattle, as we mentioned, beat the Bucks in overtime. They were trailing 21-7. to They end up winning in OT. Uh, after leading a great drive in the uh, final seconds of regulation, uh, only to see Jason Myers' potential 40-yard game-winner miss sailing wide. Uh, Russell Wilson finishing off one of the finest games of his already stellar career. 10-yard touchdown pass to Jacob Hollister on the opening drive of overtime. Seattle got the uh, ball in OT, never relinquished it. 40-34, to they beat the Buccaneers, and Buccaneers backers just miserable at the uh, push at best there. <laughs> Uh, although, as you said, in contest, you got uh, you got the win there. Uh, Wilson in overtime, 5 of 8 for 70 yards. Wilson in the fourth quarter in overtime, 11 of 20 for 177. Wilson for the game, 29 of 43 for 378. Five touchdowns, no picks. Uh, third career game with five touchdowns, tying his career high. For the season, 22 touchdowns, Chrissy. 22 touchdowns. One interception. First quarterback in the Super Bowl era to post those numbers through a team's first nine games. His passer rating, this is uh, rated out of 158.3. His passer rating has been 102 or above in eight of nine games. Uh, as I mentioned, they trailed 21-7 to seven midway through the second. A win they absolutely needed because their schedule, uh, as we talked about, the Browns are really easy the rest of the way, just to as, as a point of contrast. Well, Seattle the rest of the way is brutality. Uh, No games, or I should say final seven games with six of the seven against teams currently above 500. And, in fact, if we go through those games real quick, they are as follows. San Francisco at San Francisco here. So at San Francisco Monday night, bye. Then at Philly, home Minnesota, at the Rams, at Carolina, Then the one easy one, home against Cardinals, and then closing the year, home against the Niners. My goodness. Uh, So here they are taking on the Niners, as we mentioned, Niners on extra rest. They beat the Cardinals last Thursday night, though they did not cover. 11 of 17 for the Niners that night on third downs. Got the Cliff Kingsbury gift with the timeout at the end of the first half. So a lot went their way. I'll say Niners (laughs) minus six. Niners minus six.
0: Yeah, it's uh, anywhere from five and a half to six and a half. You know, six definitely the predominant number. I like the lower number here. I'm opening five and a half. I tell you, I, you know, have I sung the praises of Russell Wilson enough? This kid is so good. I mean, he is just a winner. Now, I say that, uh, but San Francisco, I think, has been fantastic this year. Somebody pointed it out. I can't remember if it was on ESPN or one of the, somebody said it, and they were right. San Francisco can beat you in a variety of ways, throwing the ball, running the ball defensively. You know, that is a very, very good team, very well coached, pretty good personnel. Uh, You know, and a couple of years ago, this was just an atrocious franchise, but they turned it around rather quickly. And I think it's a very good team. I don't mean to underestimate San Francisco, but, uh, you know, Josh Gordon, maybe, in the lineup for Seattle, that gives Russell Wilson one more big weapon if, if he's right, and that's a huge question mark. Uh, but Russell Wilson, this kid is just dynamite. I mean, I don't know what else I could say about him. I mean, he's fantastic, and I, I see him keeping this game uh, very, very close. I'm going to open five and a half, and they might lay it to me. They might not. I don't know. But I like five and a half better than the six.
2: Tyler Lockett, 13 catches, 152 fifty-two, yeah. two touchdowns. DK Metcalf, uh, 6 for 123. He had a big 53-yard catch, touchdown late in the fourth. Big key 29-yarder in OT. Um, everything you say is right. You know, and, you know, you mentioned that thing about the Niners, that they were sort of like just a, a franchise, a wayward franchise so recently. There was a moment there yeah. where, where people were comparing Jed York to Daniel Snyder. There was a moment there. And he did three things correctly that Daniel Snyder can't ever seem to get right. One is he hired a great coach, who, by the way, happened to be right there at Redskin Park, Kyle Shanahan.
0: (laughs) That's right.
2: Yes. Let's point that out. (laughs) Two, he got a great—he got got a—I don't want to call him great, but he got a really, really good quarterback who could be great. We don't know yet. In Jimmy Garoppolo. Right. And the third thing he did is he stood the hell out of the way, Chris. And so yeah, well, you
0: hired Lynch too as and the general Lynch. manager. Yeah, that's right. Yeah.
2: Um, so that's the difference. And look, they're eight and zero, and the Redskins are what one and eight. So sometimes yeah. it's, it's hey, I was that on simple. Joe
0: Fortenbaugh's show a couple years back when the Niners were pretty bad, and everybody was singing the praises of the Raiders. He said, "Who do you make the favorite to make the Super Bowl first? You know, the Raiders." And what do you make the price? And I think I made the Raiders like a dollar twenty or something like that. And he started laughing. He says, I agree with you. But people were thinking they're like four to one over the Niners. I said, ah, I would not be so crazy about the, the Raiders right now. I think the Niners, and that's after they hired Lynch, and I think after they, and it might have been right when they hired uh, Shanahan. But, you know, I, I wouldn't be so crazy about going against the 49ers. I think it's a, a franchise on the uprise." Yeah
2: all right well we'll review all these we'll see what we like best uh coming up on the show but in between now and then story time a classic story time from chris andrews chrissy standing by with that next on a numbers game right here at visa
3: welcome back to a numbers game with gil alexander
2: oh it's a treat we promise you we do this every once in a while this year it's a story time classic we start it this way hey everybody it's story time
3: hi everyone it's story time.
2: Or something like that, but her voice didn't crack like mine did. Chrissy, have at it. What's the story?
0: <sighs> okay, well, in honor of the Breeders' Cup, i got a great uh, horse racing story. And horse racing is all about heartbreak. And this is a great heartbreaker right here. This is 1984. And I'll get to it a little later while I remember the exact year. 1984. I'm in Reno. I have had this one friend of mine, older guy, who was a horse owner a horse breeder primarily uh, at the Northern California tracks, taught me a really a lot about horse racing in general. And that we became pretty good friends too. Anyway, I'm in Reno. He calls me up one day. He says, hey, can you make it down to Bay Meadows uh, tomorrow? I think we got something going. And as soon as he said it, I said, yeah, I could be there. Sure. (laughs) I didn't even know what it was yet. You know, but uh, yeah, sure. I could be there. <laughs> so, well, you know, yeah. Well, well, what do we got going? He says, "Well, we got a pick six carryover of half a million dollars." And like, let's a little backstory: 1984, pick sixes were something rather new, and uh, so we got a pick six carryover of half a million dollars in five of the six races. The kids and I knew who the kids were. They they were like the assistant trainers for one of the leading trainers in Northern California. The kids told me that of five of the six races, the odds on favorites cannot win the races. Mm. And that's one thing I love. If you know who can win the race, that's nice. If you know who cannot win the race, that's even better. And if you know it's a favorite that can't win the race, well, that's pure gold.
2: You know what I? Yeah. You know what I already <laughs> love. Not to interrupt you. You know what I already love about the story. The but the best part is when you go. I'm in. What are we doing? Yeah. <laughs> you have no idea yeah. what you're talking
0: that's about. A, <laughs> when he tells, he believed. I knew this guy. Knew for a couple of years, and I just knew him. You know, he made his living off horses. You know, betting them, breeding them, whatever. He knew the horses. So uh, yeah, right away. So now. I have my wife, my infant son, who was born in June. So he's only like two months old, three months old. Uh, So I said, you know, now, fortunately, her mother lived in uh, Fremont, California. So just, you know, south of the Bay. Uh, So I said, okay, we're going to Bay Meadows. Pack up. We're going in the morning. So we have to leave early. I got to be at uh, this one restaurant in uh, San Mateo kind of a wise guy restaurant that I'd been to a couple of times before then. He says, This is where we're gonna meet and uh we're gonna, you know, talk about the pick six. So we go there, the the two kids are there and we go through and I'm like, Jesus, you I mean I'm looking at the form. These horses are gonna be like eight to five. You know, he says, Yeah, he says, I'm telling you, they cannot win. They can't win. They're all crippled up, you know, they they've been shooting them up with uh you know, whatever the the, the drug is to make them look good. They're they're hoping every one of these horses gets claimed. And uh, I said, okay. So we look, we put together a ticket. Now, My father-in-law also happened to be a big horse player. So my wife leaves, uh, takes the kid and goes with her mother. And my father-in-law comes with us. So we go, we're going, we're going to put together a ticket. So we're all pretty good handicappers. And uh, Fred, I'll call this guy. That's not his real name. Fred had a couple other guys with him too, who I didn't know. All, all pretty good handicappers. So we look at the races. We put together a ten thousand dollar ticket. I take a thousand of it, so I take ten percent. Now you got to remember, I'm 28 years old. A thousand dollars to me at that time is an absolute fortune. <laughs> but I do know what this guy is, and then I'm sitting there and thinking, yeah, you know, I'll throw a thousand in there. And I had some horse winnings that uh, I had kind of put aside. So, um, so yeah, okay, I'm in for a dime, you know. So, like I said, so now we go to the track, put in our ticket, $10,000 pick six ticket, and first race comes up, it's like a $30 horse. We got him second race, a $20 horse. We got him. Man. third race. And, it, and I might be a little off on the, on the order, $20 horse. We got him. another $30 horse. We got him. another $20 horse. We got, him. and every horse paid well into double digits. We had all five. Now this is back in the day. They didn't announce like the will pays or like right. how many tickets are a and all that other stuff like this. And even, you know, the, the strategy in pick-six betting was not fully developed at this time. You know, we probably could have done it a little better, but we did what we did. So now this guy had, being a horse owner and breeder, he had a lot of connections at the track. And they don't announce, you know, how many tickets or anything like that. But he calls up to the office. And first of all, they didn't even tell you what the what the money was in the pool. He says, okay, listen, the pool got bet up to 750000 There's one ticket alive. Oh my goodness! (laughs) Yeah, so seven hundred fifty thousand. So I'm looking at ten percent of it. Uh, So, so now again, he's a horse owner, breeder. He has paddock privileges. Now, when I said five of the six races, the favorite can't win. The kids told us there's one favorite that will win, and it's the last race on the card. Seven to five favorite. Now, Gil, I know you don't follow the horses a lot like the other guys that are probably listening right now. There's a race you almost never saw at that time. And I would venture to say in North America, you have not seen this race in years. $7,500 claimers, so really cheap horses, going a mile and a quarter on the dirt. I mean, it's almost unheard of. And it was almost unheard of back then and totally unheard of in this day and age. A so mile and a quarter on the dirt, but they said, "Listen, there's only one horse in this race, and he's going to be seven to five, but he cannot be beat." So we single him in the last race, and we figured you know, if we get to the last race, we've got some maneuverability. So one of our maneuvers was we we pitched in, we bought the jockey a nickel <laughs> ticket to win, five hundred to win on the, on the on our horse, on our horse. And like I said, this guy had paddock privileges. He and I go down to the paddock. Now, he doesn't want to be seen doing this. So he tells me, he says, go hand the jock this ticket. 500 to win on his horse. They got him. These guys, you know, at the time, you know, let's just say it's not like Lafitte Pink Eye Bill Shoemaker riding <laughs> these horses, you know. So I, I, I forget his name. I, I wish I could remember the name of the jock. I said, hey, you know, whatever your name is. And he looks at me. I said, here you go. And I give him the ticket. And he looks at it. And he, like, looks at me. I said, yeah, we need you to win this one. And he, like, sticks it in his belt or whatever he did. You know, so he's got the nickel pick at the win. So if it wins and you know, the horse is seven to five, it's like, you know, 1200 bucks for him. You know, that's a big score for these guys, you know. So we go back up to the box. He doesn't now, say anything to you? Time- he's just
2: he's like, yeah, thanks, buddy.
0: No, he just looked at me like okay. kind of nodded. You know, he didn't say anything. No, he didn't. He not understood. a word.
1: Okay.
0: He understood. And I just, like I said, we need you to win this one. So I go back to the buck. Now, by this time, my wife, along with the baby, because they let, you know, let little kids into the track, into the turf club and all that. So we're we're right at the finish line at the turf club. Like I said, my guy had pretty good connections. My wife's back there, got the baby, you know, my step my mother in law's back there too. You know, they so we're all rooting. They kinda know what we got going. So here we go. The gate opens up. Our jockey takes this horse out to the front. I say like, it's a mile and a quarter race. He goes and I know you're probably not follow the times, you know, but he takes the first quarter in like twenty-three and change. <laughs> he does the half in like forty six and something. And, you know, and I like lean over to my buddy Fred and I, this is how I know it was 1984 because Swale won the Derby in 84. That's where I got all, I had a big bet on Swale in the future book. And that's how I know it was 1984. I lean over to him. I say he's running faster than Swale in the Derby. A is <laughs> like a $20 million horse. For sure, there's a seventy-five hundred dollar claimer. He's going faster and swell. And I look over and my friend, who he has about half this ticket, so it's about three hundred seventy-five thousand for him. He is white, you know, use whatever cliche you want to put in. White as a ghost, white as a sheet, whatever. I mean, the blood has gone. I mean, he knows at this point we ain't got the winner. You know, this this <laughs> jockey, this ticket. He's so excited now. This horse is up by at least 10 lengths, you know, I mean, he's, no out there. and I mean, I mean, he's, he's a robot. And like, I'm just like sitting back, I, I, I'm not even rooting. I'm not even screaming. I'm in mean, here. I got $75,000 on the line. I'm not even rooting or screen. Now my wife, my ex-wife, I should say, by the way, my ex-wife, she, she come on, come on. And she looks at me. She's like mad at me. Cause I'm not excited about this. I'm thinking, I am not going to get excited because I know we have the loser right now. We have not, we are not going to win this. Oh. And she's mad at me. You're just being a, you know, a party <laughs> pooper. And I'm thinking, yeah, if you knew my genealogy, both halves of it, we're rather a dour people, you know, so.
2: <laughs> we're rather a dour people.
0: <laughs> yes, I <mean, laughs> take like a lesson in that. And I know we have to lose. So now, We come around and I forget all the rest of the fractions, you know, but like now, I mean, the horse is really starting to slow down, you know, he's shortening stride. You can see he's breathing hard. The jockey's whipping him, you know, like crazy. Now, Gil, like I said, you got to remember every other horse in the race is a total piece of crap too. You know, like I said, $7,500 claimers. We get to the eighth pole. We're still ahead by about maybe three, four lengths, something like that. So now I start thinking, Maybe we got a shot. We get to the 16th pole, he's up by about three, I'd say. Now I'm standing up, I can't resist it. I got him, come on, come on. I'm screaming at the top of my lungs, come on. My buddy still hasn't moved. I don't think, you know, he still... And here's one horse kind of emerges from the pack. Come on, come on. And don't you know, needless to say, the one horse emerges from the pack, and nails us by like a a head, a short head, you know, like right at the wire, like that. our box is like right on the wire, nails by a head. And I looked, I just sit back. I look up to the stars and you've got to be kidding me. You've got to be kidding me. And, you know, I, got, I looked at, at my buddy. I said, "We should have never bought him that ticket." We should have <laughs> like, never bought him that didn't... ticket. No kidding! No kidding! <laughs> we never should have bought that ticket. You know. They... Needless to say, they they, they you know up, among a horse. Owners and trainers, uh, they call the jockeys pinheads. You know, <laughs> we never should have bought that pinhead that ticket. <laughs> you see what he did? He killed it. You know? <laughs> if he just ran his race, we'd have win that by a mile.
2: The fact that you got sucked and, uh, back in, too,
0: you know, we got sucked back about the 16th ball. I oh. couldn't resist it. I had to jump up and, you know, for the last, you know, six, eight seconds of the race. I'm screaming my lungs out and, uh, ah. you know, it was not to be, so like, meanwhile, there was this huge carryover to the next day, 750,000. And yeah, you know, we went for it again the next day, but it did, it wasn't the same thing. No. You know, I mean, we had, uh, you know, favorites one, you know, we put together about, I think, I think I want to say like about a two or $3,000 ticket, something like that. And, uh, you know, I only took a small piece of that, but then didn't matter. We didn't win anyway. And, uh, just one of those days. I probably made a couple of bucks over the days. You know, it was one of those things that. You know, I, I probably did make a few dollars over, over the two days, but it just, you know, had a chance to make, you know, 28 years old, a chance to make seventy eight seventy five thousand dollars $75,000, probably a little more than that with all the consolations and all that other stuff. And I love I mean, that it's right story. there, a love matter that. of inches, a matter of inches, really. In
2: honor of the Breeders' Cup this past weekend, a classic yeah. story time for Chris, yeah. which is, it is in the book, by the way, among so many others. That's in um, the book, yeah. Yeah. Then one day from Chris Anders. We'll come back, we'll review our picks for guessing lines. Well, that story's awesome. Coming back right here on a numbers
3: game at VSO. Welcome back to a numbers game with Gil Alexander.
2: We should have never given that pinhead that money. There's a couple things, there's a couple things about that story, Chris, that I love so much. One again at the beginning, when you're like, I'm in. What is it that we're doing? Uh, and then two, <laughs> at the end, you go, have you met my family? Ours is a dour people.
0: That's so great. To Both me. sides of the genealogy. <laughs>
2: Ours is a dour people. All right, here's what I like in week 10. Uh, I like the Chiefs because my number is just ridiculously off uh, what it is. But if you're telling me it's Mahomes and the Chiefs at minus three and a half uh, this week at, where is that game? Uh, At Tennessee. 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 Yeah, I'll take the Chiefs there. I also like Detroit if you're giving me three. I also like the Rams if it's only four. Uh, If the Rams are only four at Pittsburgh, you know my bias against the Steelers. I'm all about the Rams, and I kind of like the Dolphins. Kind of like the Dolphins because every Colts game is close. What are you uh, thinking here, Chris?
0: Well, first thing is run to the counter as soon as we get off the show. I'm going to open the Rams three and a half, so save yourself half a point. Uh, I I like the Bills plus the two. I know it's probably going to be a public side, but I think the public's going to be right on that one. Uh, I like the Falcons plus the points. I like the Bengals plus the points. And uh, my good friend, I'm going to go against you. I like the Steelers in that game. So that's why really? I'm open at three and a half, although there's plenty of fours around. Yeah, yeah.
2: And you're a Steeler. You grew up in Pittsburgh, so you're kind of locked into them. Um,
0: well, yeah, I mean, I try not to be biased. I really don't. I mean, I really do. I try not to be biased. But I, I think that that I, – listen, I think – I think right now they're playing some pretty good football. I and mean, even if you look at all their losses, I mean, other than the New England game where they got waxed, their losses are by two, three, and four points. So, I mean, they're, yeah. they're going to keep it close, I think, with the Rams. Okay. Rams are good. Yeah. I don't want to knock the Rams. But, yeah, I didn't yeah.
2: mean I didn't mean biased. I just meant, you know, tuned in as I am with the uh, with the skins. Yeah. All right, guessing lines, week 10. Hope uh, you went through the exercise with us. Chrissy, thank you. The story is available. And then one day, that is so much more.